0: Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Thornley campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. Last Sunday, Michael Yu was here. For those who are here, you would have heard him uh, speaking about Jesus is pioneer. And he started by talking about uh, trust and he had a photo of Charles Blondin uh, walking across Niagara Falls on a type rope who, who remembers seeing that? I remember the picture well I say Charles Blondin fooey! <laughs> check that out <laughs> beat that Charles Blondin <laughs> okay all right we're gonna pray <laughs> Father God, we just ask that you would just speak to us this morning, speak to us through your spirit, touch our hearts, prepare our hearts. We've come here perhaps with all sorts of things on our minds and on our hearts, but Lord, we just want to hear your voice speak to us. Just as you spoke to King David when he was a shepherd out in the fields, you drew him to you. Lord, draw us closer, and closer to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, when I lived in Kulgardi, well, it's actually when I lived in coolgardie before I actually met Lynn and married her, I lived with a mate who had a sheep. This sheep had the unfortunate habit of butting you when you weren't looking. He was called dinner, which was an unfortunate name for a sheep, but maybe appropriate if he kept butting you. And this is a picture of dinner getting overly friendly with one of our students from Cap's school. Now, I took a photo of dinner, and I put it on a gate with these words: "Grr! Beware of vicious sheep." <laughs> Actually, dinner was a ram, and I think the motto for a ram is, "I'll always be there for you." That's E-W-E.. Uh, now most sheep are not as bad as dinner. You may know that in Jesus' time, sheep and goats actually look pretty similar. Uh, sheep were not those very woolly Merino sheep that we see so often in Australia. What you probably don't know is that Lynn and I had our first twin kids in Kilgardie. And here they are. <laughs> yes, that's me. I had hair in my head then. <laughs> names were picnic and snack (laughs) now our kids followed us around and they're always looking to sneak inside our house so (laughs) there he is looking in wistfully now if they got inside they went clip-clop and slip-slop sideways on our slippery tiled floor goats and sheep they get to know the people who care for them and look after them and unlike in our big farms here in Australia, big sheep stations, in Jesus' time, a shepherd would go in front of his sheep and lead the way. And that still happens in some places in the Middle East. And here's some, a shepherd leading some sheep. And this comes from Colin Meadows' book. Colin Meadows, a pastor at Riverton. Well, he's retired now, but ex-pastor at Riverton. Well, he still goes there. Uh, he wrote this book, Lessons from the Middle East. So I've taken that photo from his book and I guess if you're going to write a book and it's got sheep in it, Meadows is a good name to have. (laughs) Today our topic is Jesus is Leader and it is centred around the identity of Jesus as the Good Shepherd, Jesus as the Good Shepherd, the one who guides us and leads us. Peter calls Jesus the Chief Shepherd in 1 Peter 5.4 and in Hebrews he's called the great shepherd and of course in the new testament the word for pastor is literally shepherd so we've got shepherd Jonathan and shepherd Craig here this morning now reading comes from John uh, chapter 10 verses 11 to 18 the well-known words May I'll just read from the screen there I am the good shepherd the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money, and he doesn't really care about the sheep. Ah. It's coming. Ah. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my Father knows me and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again no one can take my life from me I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded now the imagery of God as shepherd or or good shepherd is reasonably common in the Old Testament so we started off with Psalm 23 and of course there King David says the Lord is my shepherd. Often God has portrayed, is portrayed as a shepherd of Israel and Israel is like his flock, the people of Israel. In Ezekiel 34 it says this, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered sheep sheep or scattered flock i will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on that dark and cloudy day now in our reading jesus is saying that he is the good shepherd he is saying he is like god just like the old testament imagery suggests but jesus is even more specific he says he's not just like a good shepherd he is the good shepherd and in fact he uses the very title for god he uses the words i am in greek ego amy i am ego amy the good shepherd and this is the fourth of the seven i am the fourth ego amys you'll find in john's gospel And they relate back to God in Exodus 3.14, where he reveals himself as the great I am. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Jesus is claiming to be the good shepherd, just like God. He's claiming the title of I am, the title of God himself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no wonder some people said that Jesus was mad, as we read later in chapter 10, verse 20. But others said, how can a madman do the things he does? And there it is. Jesus is good shepherd and leader, or else he's a lunatic and a liar. He is either the God man, or he is a madman or a bad man. Which is it? What do you make of Jesus? The word for good in good shepherd is the Greek word kalos. And literally Jesus says, I am the shepherd, the good, the kalos. Now there's another word in Greek, agathos, which is good in a moral sense. And and Jesus could have used that word. But kalos goes even further. The, The kalos kind of good is one that is attractive, winsome, with a certain loveliness. And that is Jesus, the good shepherd, the one who draws us to him because of his goodness and because of the beauty of his character. The good shepherd in our reading is contrasted to the bad shepherd or the hired hand who flees at the first sign of trouble, leaving the defenceless sheep unprotected. Barclay, William Barclay says this, The man who works only for reward thinks chiefly of the money. The man who works for love thinks chiefly of the people he is trying to serve. And that is Jesus loving, serving, thinking of us. That is Jesus who made himself nothing who took the very nature of a servant as paul says in philippians 2 he took the very nature of a servant for us loving serving others what are you doing now you may have heard of the seven c's but i want to finish by talking about the five c's actually five themes beginning with the letter c which are derived from this passage and they're about jesus the leader the good shepherd and the first one. Is Of these is cost. There was a cost involved. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And that's not only said in verse 11, but repeated again in verse 15 and 17. Because Jesus wanted to make sure people heard it. So who are the sheep? We are. Who is the good shepherd? Jesus. Who is he sacrificing his life for? Us. Do we deserve it? No. Then why did he do it? One answer is in verse 18 where we see Jesus is doing what the Father wants, what the Father has commanded. He's doing out of love and obedience to the Father's will. The other answer is in verse 10 which says this. We didn't read this but here it is. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, some of us have been looking at Rick Warren's The Purpose of Christmas uh, Bible Study. And this week we looked at how we're not only saved from sin, but we are saved for a purpose. We're saved for a purpose. And someone from our group asked, but what is that purpose? What is that purpose? And here's part of the answer to that. My purpose, said Jesus, is to give them, that's us, a rich and satisfying life, or as the NIV has it, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, words from Jesus. Jesus gives our life meaning and fullness and richness. But it comes at a cost, the cost of Jesus' own life. This new life is a free gift for us, but costly for Jesus. For you, Jesus paid with his life. Secondly, there's care. There is care involved. In verse 13, it says, The hired hand doesn't really care about the sheep. In contrast, the good shepherd does care. How does a good shepherd care? Well, he guides. Psalm 23 verse 3 says, He guides me along right paths. He leads us. Remember that picture earlier of the shepherd leading his sheep in the front? That's Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. He leads. He guides. But how does he do that, Pastor Craig? Well, he leads as we stay close to him. Like the sheep stay close to the shepherd. He leads us as we pray and read His word and as we allow His spirit to guide us. When I was finishing Bible college in Victoria in Victoria, I said to Lynn, "Well, what do we do now? Where does God want us?" We were interested in continuing to work with indigenous people, but nothing seemed to be opening up, and we weren't sure. But we continued praying. But then, just after we graduated, uh, a fellow student said there was a position in the Kimberley at Derby that he had heard about, but it didn't seem right for him. And were we interested? So we made some inquiries. And before we knew it, we were in Derby working at the Derby Community Church with a mainly Indigenous congregation. The Lord led us. To the right place so the Lord guides and the Lord provides Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green pastures Jesus provides spiritual nourishment for us Jesus said that man does not live on bread alone. And in fact, he says that he is the bread of life. And he gives us living water. When we become a follower of Jesus, he provides a church family for us. He gives us spiritual gifts to use. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit to mature us in our lives. In fact, he puts his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, within us to sustain us. He provides And he protects Psalm 23:4 says Your rod and your staff There we go (laughs) Protect and comfort me Now I'm not sure if shepherds back in King David's days Had uh, crooks like this And this is one I used for a Christmas thing So hence the candy stripe kind of idea But this was used to nudge those sheep the right way And to pull them out of danger Pull them away and maybe whack, him over the head if, uh, whack a wolf over the head if he came too close. But they probably had other things like David had his slingshot and they probably had something like a cudgel to whack things with. Jesus talks about the wolves scattering the sheep in verse 12 of chapter 10 and the thief and the robber coming in chapter 10 verse 1. And we know David the shepherd boy protected his sheep from bears and lions. Which reminds me of my lion joke. Did you hear about the cannibal lion? He swallowed his pride. Thank you. So how does our Lord protect? Paul uses a vivid picture of us putting on the whole armour of God in Ephesians 6. He says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And the spiritual armour includes things like truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And finally he says pray. That's how you stand firm. That's how the Lord protects you when you come under his banner and put on his armour. Finally, it says, he tends, he tends. In Ezekiel 34, uh, there's a picture of God, the good shepherd. In verse 16, it says, I, as God, will search for my lost ones who strayed away and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. And Jesus himself used this lost sheep imagery in his parable of the lost lamb. God searches, he seeks, he finds, he saves. The question for you is, are you lost? Are you lonely? Are you broken hearted? Are are you suffering in some way? Are you struggling with something? Is there hardship in your life? Is there pain? Well, Jesus can empathise with you in all of that. He understands where you're at. He is with us and He can help us in our suffering. In Hebrews 2.18 it says this, Since He Himself has gone through suffering and testing, since Jesus Himself has gone through suffering and testing, He is able to help us when we are being tested. Just call out to him. He hears us. Thirdly, there's cognizance. Okay. There is cognizance involved, involved, which is just a big fancy word that I found uh, for saying that he knows us, but no, it doesn't start with C, so I found this other word, uh, cognizance. But I need to start with the letter C. Now, Jesus knows us intimately, and he knows us, Well, no matter who you are, he knows our foibles, our faults, our failings, our deepest, darkest secrets, the things we try to keep hidden from everyone else. He knows, but he still loves us and he still wants to forgive us. He still loves you and he still wants to forgive you. Jesus said, I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. Verse 14. He knows them and they know him. It's said in Jesus' time that the shepherds knew the name of all their sheep. Picnic, dinner, <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. Now Colin Meadows in his book uh, shared a couple of great stories. One was about a shepherd named Cool that uh, Colin met. And they're out, a bit of a, out on the side of a hill and the flock was all around them. And the shepherd said, watch this. And he just said one word, it was in Arabic, I don't know what it was, might have been, follow, come. And just at that one word, all the sheep stopped eating. They looked up and they all followed him back to his home. And Cole just went ahead without looking back and the sheep just followed, just like that. Another time, two shepherds and their flocks met on a mountain road and Colin watched as the two shepherds and their flocks came together. And when the men had finished chatting, they went their separate ways and the two flocks passed through the midst of each other, all mingled together. And then they went and separated and followed their own shepherds. Amazing. The good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him and we are his sheep. Jesus knows us and we who believe They put their faith in Jesus. We know him. Jesus knows the Father and the Father knows him. This is intimate, personal, godly and profound knowing. Jesus in John 14, 20 described it like this. I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. When we become Christ ones, followers of Jesus, Jesus by his spirit dwells in us. And we are united and connected with him. It's a mystery. I don't know how it works. It's a divine mystery. But it's a wonderful, marvellous, profound mystery. Fourthly, there is calling. There is a calling involved. In verse 16, it mentions other sheep, not of this sheepfold. And the most likely reference is to Gentiles. And if you're not Jewish, you here today are Gentiles, all of us. Jesus says, I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is calling us. He is calling people from all over the world to follow him. Just as cool And the two shepherds that Colin Meadows mentioned in his book called and the sheep followed. So Jesus is calling us to follow him. Maybe we don't want to listen. Maybe we have hardened our hearts to the message. But Jesus is calling softly, gently to come to him, to belong to him, to repent and put your life in his hands, the hands of the good shepherd. Now, maybe you have children and you know how they seem to have selective deafness. Call them for a chore and they ignore. Call them for a treat and it's a quick path they beat. There's a story about a man who thought his wife was going deaf. So he thought he would test her hearing as she sat in a chair in the lounge room. Can you hear me? He shouted from down the passage. No answer. So he moved closer and shouted again. Can you hear me? Still no answer. So he moved a lot closer and shouted again. Can you hear me? And his wife said for the third time, yes, you deaf old coot. Is Jesus calling you? And are you listening? Now God called Lin and Me to the Pilbara to work with the Mardu people. And humanly speaking, we did not expect much to happen, at least not very quickly. But God had other ideas. Within a few years, there were a, a few people, and then many, and then hundreds who came. To the Lord and were baptized. It was a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit there in the Pilbara, a revival. And our prayer is this: Lord, may it happen right here in Thornley. Jesus said, "My sheep listen to my voice; I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish." Hallelujah. Finally, there is choice. There is a choice involved. Jesus says in verse 18 that his sacrifice is voluntary. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. It was his choice. It was his choice to sacrifice his life for us, for you and for me. It was his choice to obey the will of his father in heaven and you have a choice you can listen to jesus calling you and you can respond to his voice the voice of the good shepherd you can acknowledge that jesus is lord and leader and the god man that is indeed the good shepherd or you can dismiss him as a liar and a lunatic a bad man a madman even but you can't just dismiss him as another man he either is who he says he is with the power to change you forever. Or he is worse than a demon from hell. It's your choice, your decision. What do you make of Jesus? Now I'm going to conclude before we have communion with a little poem I wrote before you come to a time. Uh, before we come to this communion time. And this poem is like a prayer, and I'm going to put it on a screen and uh, you can follow along with me good shepherd find me lost and lonely and far far away I'm a prodigal son I'm on the run messed up and astray good shepherd free me sad and sickly entangled by sin rescue and save for I only crave your mercy within good shepherd Feed me, guide and lead me to your still stream. Let me be fed by the one who bled and died to redeem. Good shepherd, fill me. Tend and thrill me with your love and care. Restore my soul and make me whole. Lord, this is my prayer. And as we come to this time of communion, I just pray that the Good Shepherd is your Good Shepherd. And you've put your life into his hands. And if you haven't, maybe the Lord is speaking to you today. The Good Shepherd is calling you. There was a cost involved. He died for you. Pray that the Lord Jesus will come into your life. Respond to his call, to his voice, the voice of the good shepherd. Now if there's next, extra, we uh, come to Cumin, if people need, if didn't get one of those community packs like me, I might need one as well, <laughs> can somebody just, uh, thank you, nice throw there Emily, <laughs> I'll put you on my baseball team, excellent. Well. And I've left my Bible down here So just open those And we'll get ready to I'm not sure how much longer We'll have these little fiddly things But um, it's good for our Help with our dexterity So just get ready Open up a little bit Uh, I'm going to read And then I invite you to take the bread A little wafer As you remember, the body of Jesus sacrificed for us, and then the drink. So I invite all who love the Lord Jesus to partake. Let me read from Paul's words from 1 Corinthians. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death, until he comes again. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your sacrifice. The shepherd who gave his life for the sheep for us. We thank you and give you all the glory and praise for what you have done and are doing in our lives. Lord, continue to transform us. Continue to lead us and guide us and provide for us and tend us. Thank you, Lord, that you know us and we know you. Lord, just strengthen our bonds with one another and with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's eat and drink joyfully. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.